Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, hey, housewives. Hey, hey, welcome back. And I can say that without squeaking. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. Your I, voice sounds so much better. Thank today. you. I yelled at my kids this morning and I was like, oh, my voice is back. And I it was, love that that was your measurement. And it was a good day. <laughs> it was a good day. That's what we're going with. I'm excited that we are here two weeks in a row. Yep. Check out that streak. I That's know. We've pretty got good. it going. Yes, we do. We just finished a pre-interview with a upcoming guest, and dang, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be so good, y'all. So, so good. So the guests we have lined up just for, I mean, this season alone is going to be awesome. Yeah, and we selfishly aligned them up to help us and provide us with our own needs. Correct. That will fill you. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> We're all the same here. You know, you're not alone. We're we're the ones seeking this wisdom and advice, too. So, yep. but I'm super excited about it. And uh, yeah, it's just it's going to be a good a good season. Yeah. The excitement is building. Yeah, for sure. We hope that you enjoyed the previous episode of Nothing is Wasted. And just to remind you, share with a friend. I mean, you know what? I mean, reviews and the five star ratings are amazing. But at the same time, like, who do you know that needs to hear this? If something really stuck out to you, post it, share it on your social media, because I guarantee you God will use it. And the person that needs to see it and needs to to hear the same message that you heard, they'll be there and they'll find it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all hesitate sometimes on what to share or what we're sharing, because it's just, oh, this is just what I needed, or this was just about me, or that spoke to me. But mm -mm, so much of that message, and it might not even be what you took from it, there might be something in that message that can be for someone else. So absolutely share, screenshot, share the link with friends and family and spread the word. Yes. So today, what we are getting into is unmet expectations. What are expectations, Tori? <laughs> Would you like the Webster Dictionary uh, definition? No, nope, just Tori's nope, version. Just Tori's version. Uh, an expectation is where you're in a situation, whatever that is, and you have a desire end or a desire goal to come from it. And then it would be a verb, right? Verb or adjective? Um, I, I don't know. Okay, see, this is why we talk on a podcast and not in a classroom. Of unmet, meaning that desire or goal is not accomplished or seen or achieved. Right. With the expectations, we, as women, set them really high. We have a very high bar. Well, you hope we have high bar. <laughs> we hope our standards and the bar is set high. Well, uh, the problem is when we set them that high, though, and 
we can't accomplish them, then we beat ourselves up with shame and guilt. True, true. Shame and guilt and things. And then sometimes, yeah. And then the expectation of, I mean, parenting, right? Mm-hmm. We were all really, really good parents when we didn't have kids. Yeah, that for was, sure. That was the best time I was a best parent. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I will never let my kids watch an iPad for more than five minutes before they're five years old. Yeah. Yeah, I, that didn't, didn't happen. So. No. And I really had expectations for being this kind, gentle mother. I became a yeller. Sorry, you guys. I couldn't even listen to that with a straight face. I know. She knows me for who I, I am. I do. I'm so kind. You are very kind. <laughs> You're very kind. I just know the colorful language that I've heard you say in front of your children. And that's okay. It's allowed. It is. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Um, They know the words not to say. (laughs) Right. But I became a yeller and I didn't like that. I had some very high expectations for myself and what kind of a mom I would be. I thought it would be supernatural. And I thought it would be the fun mom that did all the things, you know. Oh, yeah. The the Pinterest mom that has yeah. all the, the, the checklists like this summer, we're going to have our bucket list of all yeah. the things that we're going to do. And I also was going to lay out like when the kids were little, I was going to lay out their clothes for like for the week and then I wouldn't have to do laundry, but like once a week and going to have their outfits all set. And no, they still just when they were four and five took clean clothes out of the laundry basket that never got folded. Oh, yeah. No, I I look at our kids laundry. I married a unicorn. My husband's amazing and he excels at the girls' laundry. And so I was helping him put the clothes away for Jay. And I'm like, she never wore this or this or nope. Oh, yep. Never saw her wear this in the last 10 days, week. I'm just like, these were all clean clothes that he'd what because maybe she tried the outfit on and didn't like the way she looked at it. <laughs> maybe or or we just it fell off the hanger and you put it into the laundry basket yeah. instead of... I think a lot of children do that. They don't know how a hangers work. I think that is a loss. Um, here's a trick. Okay. okay. I learned this. So you buy shower hooks. Okay. Like the ones that are kind of shaped like a nest. So it hooks over your bar in your closet. And okay. there's just the one hook of the bottom of the S. And you hang all the hoodies just by their hoods. So nobody uh-huh. has to put them on their hangers. All of my children do this. Wow. Yes. That's that a trick. If that is what you take from today's episode, congratulations. That is go. amazing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. You know, the other trick I learned, speaking of shower hooks, was you get one of like the wooden big hangers and you get shower hooks that are just the rings and you put them all on the bottom bar of the hanger mm-hmm. and you hang tank tops. Oh. Tank tops on those. Or you do, you get the ones that are, because I had this for my tank tops, is the pant hangers or like even a tie hanger. Yep. And you can just slide the tank tops on that. And so then all your tank tops are together and then they're just on that and it doesn't take up much space. That's a great idea. So there, and that's it, you guys. That's the episode we have for you. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed (laughs) closet expectations. Done. Okay. All right. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well. The, the good stuff, I yes. guess. Well, when we started talking about this, I think we were throwing out all kinds of things that we have had unmet expectations for in our life, mm-hmm. our personal goals. And I think we hit that, like we kind of talked about that of like, okay, well, I'm already past 40. You're not there yet. But at every like milestone of your life, you're like, hey, wow, 
I'm not where I thought I was going to be in this category, you know, but in this category, I'm like, yay, I love it. This is exactly where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But I think we do a lot of that in our 20s and then our 30s and then our 40s with our personal growth, our career, our health. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought I was going to be so fit by 40. I know. Take a moment to mourn that. No. Yeah. For real. (laughs) Oh, dang. But for real. No. It's I not to be she's... smoking by 50. That's my goal now. I mean, I missed well, the 40 window. I turned 50, 40 in 2020. That's true. You it just miss. was a bad year to turn 40. That was a bad year to turn 40. So to all my 1980 friends, I'm sorry. We're, that was rough. Yeah, we're sorry for you. But 45 and 50, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm trying to think, when are the 86ers going to turn 40? We're going to turn 40 and, oh my gosh, and how? Don't Three do the math years. there. Don't do the math there. Stop doing the math. Okay. Okay. But unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. Health, fitness, being married, having kids, (laughs) you know, and there are things that we just naturally set ourselves up for after high school, after college, you know, and I think how we process them in those early years kind of leads to how we process them later. But if we didn't meet those expectations early on, and we just kept like that snowball of like, well, I didn't do that one. So forget that one and move on. Forget that one. You know, and you just kind of snowball. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you do hit a point. Maybe it's 40 <laughs> where you're like, <laughs> I've got a lot to work on. And then you're so overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's because you have set yourself up for failure, basically. Yeah. Because the number one reason for unmet expectations is two things. So the top two reasons for unmet expectations. Okay, here I am. Lack of communication. Yes. Okay. So that, I would say that would probably be the number one. Lack of communication. And I think that even goes for your own, like, like if, if that's a personal expectation you have, like a health expectation, but the lack of communication. I think the second one is unrealistic. Yeah. Right. And the lack of communication, though, to go back on that, that's like getting an accountability partner. Right. And just communicating it with just someone or yeah. having it on your mirror or some kind of, you know, something to where you see it every single day to hold yourself accountable. Right. Or it's even like, let's say it's health related. And then it's not telling your spouse that, hey, my I want to go to the gym three times a week and these are the times I want to go. And then when you meet up with, you know, your schedules are going and then your spouse fills up those times or there are other things like when you're like, no, 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 wait, I like if you didn't tell him that those three times a week were a priority and something that you specifically want, how is he supposed to know? You know, because if you've broken the promise to yourself before, he's going to not think it's a priority now. Yeah. So, I mean, it is so easy for us like if I know if I'm going to meet you for coffee or if we're we're going to have a lunch date or whatever, I know you're going to be there. I'm going to show up for you. Mm-hmm. But if I make an appointment for myself to be at the gym, then it's so much easier for me to go, you know what? The car's cold. I don't need to go. Yep. You know, or, oh, that snooze button just keeps going off. Like, I don't want to go. Like, so if we can't hold ourselves to... Like, if we can't keep a promise to ourselves, why are we breaking those promises to ourselves? But I wouldn't break a promise to you. Right. Yeah. So. And I think it's a good lesson when we are able to vocalize them, especially to our husbands or spouses about 
our expectations, just ourselves, our personal ones, but also expectations of them. Yeah. And and that could be as simple, I mean, like the what's the example that I use all the time when I'm talking about like when we get married is let's say in my house growing up, my dad would always take out the trash. He would always take out the trash. That was just the role that he took. He would always take out the trash for my mom. Well, in Andrew's house, his mom always took out the trash because it was near the kitchen. And so she would always take out the trash. And then when we got married, I was getting mad at Andrew because he wasn't taking out the trash and he was getting mad at me because I wasn't taking out the trash. But neither one of us thought to have the conversation like, hey, you know, do you mind taking out the trash? Or if I asked that, like, why, why was the trash such an issue? Like, it takes the second to just go, do you think that it's my response because it's in the mm-hmm. kitchen that I like I need to take it out of the trash or like kind of going through with those? I mean, that's not a question you ask in premarital counseling. Yeah. Okay, who, which one of your parents took out the trash? Do you mind taking out the trash or would you like me to take out the trash? Which one of your parents did the grocery shopping? Do you want to do the grocery shopping or would you like me to do the grocery shopping? Yeah. Like, those are I just think, not questions we ask. Well, and I think that there's so much assumption that comes from how we were raised or what we saw in our house with our parents and so forth that you have these expectations that are, are silent expectations, you mm-hmm. know, that we, we've built up in our heads. We've got these stories. And so when we are living life with our spouse, that there are some things that you're like, oh, man, I hate how he just throws his laundry on the top of the hamper when he could lift the lid and put them in. And I mean, that's just as simple as communicating of like, hey, the hamper's there. Do you want me to just leave the lid open? What's what would be best? <laughs> yeah. Or just saying, hey, it would really help me if you put your clothes actually in the hamper. And that way, those I know that those are the dirty ones and not the ones that you changed out of and didn't end up wearing. And want to put back on later. Right. Exactly. Like, that's a simple thing. I mean, also, our kids, I mean, having a conversation with our spouse about the expectation of like, what kind of grades do you expect our kids to get? Oh, that's good. Because Andrew and I have talked about it. Like, I got paid for A's. Oh, like, what did they pay back in, like, oh, what <laughs> in the 1900s? Because that's when it was. It was. It was the 1900s. $5 an A. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a good report card. I would tooth fairy since more money than an A <laughs> for a tooth. Dang. It's a this, long story. The Stein tooth fairy. We figured out the that. Shirish tooth fairy only pays really good money for that first tooth because the, the first the to- one's the big one. No, the tooth fairy just didn't have change. Doesn't oh. have change for the first tooth when you're not expecting. Yeah, to make a visit at the Shira house. Yeah, I so. got a story on that one. I'm not. I don't need to share it. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another time, another time. So, like A's grades. A, yeah, for grades. Do we expect our kids to get A's and everything? Now, granted, we're in. I mean, my kids are at the age of second and third grade. I mean, we don't have A's yet. We're still in S and E's. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, you don't have one through fours like we do. No, 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 no. That I swear ugh. we could just go on about grading public school. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> I like it. It has its perks. Um, I do no. want to talk about other expectations though, go because there was one time, and this is with a spouse. So back in when I had two kids and I was a stay-at-home mom and I wasn't working at the time. I remember my husband would drive. We lived in the city of Chicago at the time. So you had the long commute home and he would usually call me on the way home. Sometimes I couldn't talk on the phone if I was breastfeeding or doing something. 
And we would text and he had 45 minutes to come home. One, he's unpacking his day. He's kind of just, you know, sometimes he's raging because of traffic. Who knows? Depression. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a... Yeah, I never knew what I was going to get. And when he would walk in the door, it like, it was just, he was mad or I was mad. We just didn't know what to, to, you know, expect. And I remember having a conversation with my cousin on the phone one time and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. You haven't learned to like set the bar. And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, oh, no. She's like, we always communicate before the other person walks in the door what the environment is like. I'm like, okay. So we started that. And what it was is the set the bar expectation was, hey, so-and-so didn't or this kid didn't have a nap today or the dishes are in the sink. It's a total mess. I haven't gotten to it or dinner isn't prepped yet or tonight's going to be a great family night. Dinner's prepped, ready to go. Can't wait for you to get home. Like set the expectation so he knew what he was going to get when he walked in the door. But he also would be like, oh, my gosh, today was so stressful or I lost this client or, yay, let's celebrate this tonight. Like, this was a good day. Like, so we communicated what to expect when they came home. That has been a lifesaver. And it has continued for probably however many years now, 12 years. See, that's amazing. That's really good because, like, Andrew had the same kind of out of Dallas. Like, he had a good 45-minute to almost 90-minute commute, depending on day and traffic, right? Yep. And he would come home. We would talk very briefly on his way home. He'd be like, hey, I'm on my way home. Da-da-da. Okay, great. Then when he got home, the the expectation, like, I, we learned that what daddy needed was he needs 30 minutes. Like, when daddy gets home, he gets 30 minutes to himself mm-hmm. or 15 minutes to himself. So then he can change out of work clothes, kind of take a deep breath or two, you know, and just kind of like compo- and switch modes. And so now he doesn't get that as much because it's a very different environment here and he doesn't have, you know, the traffic. Right. And so road rage makes a big difference. It surely does. Oh, my goodness. The fact just not having I mean, you're coming out of Chicago. We were coming out of Dallas. And these cute little Kansas City people, they think they have traffic. And we just go, <laughs> oh, so true. that's so cute. You think this is, and they're like, oh, that's 20 minutes away. And you're like, what? Yeah. You're um, like, 20. No, no, that's just the other side of the neighborhood. 20 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just what that is. Oh, you're cute. So yeah, those are uh, very different stories, different, different times. Could you imagine this podcast if you were still in Chicago and I was in that, like the these would be very different topics. We could do a past roots topic or something because I have so much to share about Chicago. I loved it. I miss it. I was just reading a book today. I'm actually finishing it. I will always, I feel like, tell a book in a podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's called... I like like that. Though that's a good another tagline is tell a book in a podcast. (laughs) It is called, I guess I haven't learned that yet. Mm -hmm. And it is so good. So good for women who have had major transition in life, like a move, a change of jobs in your 40s. Life isn't where you want it to be. I mean, it's totally my life. Like, And there's this chapter where she's talking about when they lived in Chicago and just some of her favorite things that they loved about it and how different it is from New York and all of this. And she says, it's just, it doesn't matter where you live, but that each place is feels like home. Like for a season of life, it felt like home. Like hometown's home. You know, you can make college town feels like home. There's like parts of it, like the taste, the smells, the sounds, like it's home, like it has a place in your heart and how you have all these little homes and all these little places in your heart from where you've lived. And I thought I needed that perspective because Chicago will always be a piece of home for us. I mean, that's where we met and had four kids and everything. But this is home now. 
which yeah. is where we're like deeply rooting our kids and raising them, you know? So to not have that, I just miss this place and it'd be like a sad thing. It's like, no, all of those good memories are still stored in that like sweet little place of home in my heart. That's that's cute. That's very sentimental. I know, that's but the book is too. way better than just that. Oh, it's very <laughs> two of you. <laughs> yes, it is. Which is funny because I love Texas. I miss my parents. I don't miss Texas. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there, I, I don't. And I, I don't think I could ever go back to living there. Like there's just, yeah. I think for me, just even on this topic of unmet expectations, like I had expectations moving here. I mean, when we moved here, I wasn't super happy about it. <laughs> it wasn't my plan. It was my husband's plan. You know, it was like for his job and we were on board together with it. I just thought I was always going to be a city mom. You know, I loved. Oh, I loved I, it. I always thought I was going to be, I mean, born and raised in Texas. I thought I was going to raise my girls in Texas. They, you know, like I'm a Texas girl. Yeah. And I'll still claim Texas girl, but I don't. It's just different now. So I guess the first step when talking about and expectations and what, you know, first, my recommendation would be to like, if you are having a feeling like there's. You're either feeling overwhelmed or you're frustrated. My first step would be is to take a piece of notebook paper and essentially categorize different sections of your life, right? So personal, which would include health and and then marriage and then friendships, relationships, and then business or career and then parenting and then what, you know, what other breakdowns that you need and write down what your expectations have been up to this point, right? So if you expected as a parent that you were going to be the homeschool mom and Pinterest, you know, Pinterest mom of the year, <laughs> or that you were going to bake everything from scratch and now you're using um, what's Betty Crocker cake mixes instead of from scratch. I mean, like, and that's something that drives you nuts. Like, write that down. Like, and you're frustrated because your mom made everything from scratch and it just doesn't taste the same or, you know, whatever it is. So write down what those ex because you, awareness is the first thing yeah. to change. Because if you don't know what your expectations were going into it, you know, did you think that being married for 15 years that you guys would be mentoring other couples, that you would be happy, that your sex life would be on fire and mm -hmm. that... <laughs> But like you had these expectations for your marriage and then what those expectations were. And then what do you need to say? That's not really realistic mm -hmm. or this is realistic. I just don't know that I've communicated that properly to the children. Yeah. Like by the age of 10, my expectation was that my children would be doing their own laundry. Well, mm. do your kids know that? Versus you just getting frustrated and throwing laundry at them. Yeah, we talked, I mean, we talked in the first episode about like therapy and how Chris and I had been in therapy. And that was something actually that just had had come up more recently is the unmet expectations through communication. So ladies, you have to tell your men what you need, what you want, what your expectations are. They don't know. Like we've talked about this on many episodes when we talk about marriage. You have to spell it out. Like in I'm not I'm not talking down. It's they have so many other things that are going on in their head that they're focusing on. And it is so much easier to say, this is what I need. This is what I would like for them to be able to say, oh, perfect. I can do that. Great. You and I have talked about how both of us are words of affirmation is our love language and our men stink at it. 
But does that mean our men stink and they don't love us? No. They just show us in other ways. So while we still communicate it, we also know that if we don't receive it all the time, it doesn't mean that we aren't loved. Right. And there's going to be expectations. Like, I had the hardest time in like the first like five years of our marriage. I had the hardest time because the love languages, right? Like, I would give him the men's edition of the five languages of love and be like, hey, can we read this together? And even though I was setting that like, hey, can we read this together? You know, it would last for a week, you know, and then it would just be like, okay, whatever. And he didn't all of a sudden become like the wordsmith and just throw love language at me and write me long love letters and notes and texting and all the thing, you know, like that didn't automatically happen. My longest running joke is that I'm running off of a compliment from 2008. And that compliment was I do. So what my expectation was, like, being a words of affirmation person, I have to accept that my husband is not a words of affirmation person. He's an acts of service. And that's that's who God designed him as. Yeah. But he's also the other thing, like the other expectation is my husband does not meet all my needs. Right. Period. Yes. <laughs> Full stop. Your husband does not meet all of your needs. Period. Nor and is he supposed were to. Like, yeah. And they're saying, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. They're like agreeing with you. They are. But (laughs) But. here's I mean it in a way that you need to realize that your husband does not meet all your needs, nor is he ever going to. Right. Nor is he supposed to. Mm -hmm. Because if you start looking to your husband for all of your needs, whether that is filling your cup with words of affirmation or a love language of some kind, which he does not understand nor care, or if you're thinking that by him being an Enneagram 8 and you being an Enneagram 1, that you guys are simply incompatible, that now you don't like, well, we're just, he, he doesn't meet my needs, so this, this marriage is over. Okay, one, bull crap, as my children said when they came home from yesterday. <laughs> okay, that's, 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 a, that's a bad word for her family. Yeah. What's even funnier about that side note, sorry, sidetrack, is we had a friend over who was here and I could hear them open up the garage door and walk in and I hear the girls giggling. And I'm like, girls, don't cuss because Miss J's here. And they just started to laugh and they're like, crap. And I was like, what? What? And they apparently had been saying that in the car. One would say bull, the other one would say crap. And then daddy was like, and we're done. So that was just... It was just really funny timing on all of that. So all that to say is that if you are expecting your husband to meet all of your needs or if you don't have a husband and and you're dating, if you're expecting a spouse or a significant other to meet all of your needs, you're nuts. It's never going to happen. Right. Either you're you're going to think that you're settling when you find someone who doesn't or you will be sorely disappointed when all of a sudden, two, three, ten years into the relationship or even marriage, and you're going, oh, they don't meet all my needs. So, you know, now I we're incompatible. And this mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, this is un, un, what is the unreconcilable. There you go. Did I say that right? You did. So all that, you're going, okay, Tori, now tell something good. <laughs> this sounds really depressing. Well, the good part is, is the, like, when you communicate an expectation and they meet it, it's beautiful. It feels great. Like it's gravy. It's icing. Yes. And I think we've learned it in such a... We were just joking about it earlier that like <laughs> I was telling Tori this story. My husband and I make coffee differently. I know. Yeah. I know we can we can all do things differently. 
He can make it one way. I can make it another. But guys, at the end in the morning when we wake up, the coffee tastes the same. Yeah. And so he joked last night. He's like, why aren't you filling up the, the crap like I do? And I'm like, well, that's not how I fill the water. And I was like, so either you can do it your way or just be quiet and enjoy the coffee in the morning. You know, yeah. but we communicate and we joke about it. Not in all things, but we're improving. And I think that that's what we want to encourage. Like you can set an expectation and still be happy if it's unmet. But you can the more you communicate and the more you share with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends. We haven't even really talked much about the friendship aspect, but that's true. There is a lot of communicating that goes such a long way and that breaks that vulnerability barrier that we fully believe in is vulnerability. And if you can just say, hey, I know this is like, I know this may sound picky to you, but it would really help me if you texted me when you were on the way or you shared this side with me or you didn't cancel every time I scheduled a lunch date or coffee date or something, you know, and then they're going to say, oh, okay, Tracy feels like valued when I show up for her or when I don't cancel on her or another example in a friendship situation is being that it's a two-way street. You and I talked about this earlier. You know, it's like if you are in a hard season, which we have been in numerous times, I can tell you who I feel closer to by the people who reached out and checked on me personally and my family. Yeah. I know that there are people that still cared about me during that season, but in terms of a two-way street, that's friendship. But that's right. what I value. So I I expect that and I usually communicate that. Right. And to also go on the friendship side is that we all know, I mean, as when we know there are going to be those select few friends who we may not talk to in six months, a year, and we can pick up the phone and have a conversation and it's as if we talked yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we, those are those are yeah. amazing friendships. And it doesn't have to be every single time, right? Like, or, you know, every week we have to touch in and because then otherwise I don't feel loved or appreciated by you. That's not the case at all. And so there are those levels. But when you realize that, you know, like all of a sudden, for some reason, you're not having coffee dates with or you haven't seen somebody in six months and you're like, wait, it's because I always made those dates or those appointments. And then they haven't. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's a little eye opening. Like, you know, and that may be a personality thing. Yeah. Or. That may mean that they're overwhelmed in their life and need so like maybe that's a conversation you need to be like, hey, I want to check on you. How are things going? You know, oh, great. Or I'm swamped. This has been going on and, you know, and you didn't know. And, you know, and that's, again, a conversation for that expectation. You can't just because they haven't ever made the coffee date with you, you can't automatically assume, well, this isn't a two way street. Yeah. But the source of an unmet expectations is like I said, is because one, they're unrealistic or two is a lack of communication. But that all boils down to we live in a fallen world and we're all sinners. Yeah. Period. That's it. I mean, if you really want to know why we don't meet other other people's expectations, human, our own expectations is because we're human and we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so if you know that is why expectations are not met, you're going to have more grace for your spouse, for your friends, for your kids, for yourself mm-hmm. in whatever goals you're setting. You also have to look at if you are expecting 
a friend, your spouse, your children, or even a career to meet all your expectation and to fill all of your needs, I am sorry, girlfriend, but you are wrong. And that is not the source, period. And you need a heart check and you need to open up a good book called the Bible. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize that all your expectations, the only expectations and promises that will ever, ever never be broken. Is that a double night? No, it's not. Ever, never be broken. Okay, whatever. You get the point. Will be the promises from God and what God says about you and what God says about himself. And those are the only expectations that you can have and know that that is the truth. It's like gravity. If your expectation of gravity is it for only for it only to work Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, you're shocked that all of a sudden we still have gravity. Well, you're not going to the truth. What does the Bible say? What does God say? I mean, he clearly tells us like, he's like, all right, y'all, you guys are going to live with other sinners. So let's figure out how you're going to do it, right? How you're going to have to love them anyway. You know, this is what you do when you have conflict. It's not sweep it under the rug. Right. He wants us to have accountability with other Christians and say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing or this is what I'm seeing. You know, he tells us very much like pull the log out of your own eye first before you talk to your brother. But then he also says, like, if you see your brother doing something, you need to talk to them about it. And you, you need to have that conversation. So. That's the bare, that's the basic, that's the bottom of the pyramid. That's where, and then everything comes up. Absolutely. And I think you tied a little bow on that just perfectly. I do want to make sure we forgot to mention a book that we have both talked about for marriage. If you are having unmet expectations, read the book called, What Did You Expect? (laughs) Ha ha ha, by Paul David Tripp. If I could give this to every couple I know who is getting married or has been married for more than five years. I mean, I don't care if you've been married a day or, or you're thinking about getting married in, in 10 years. I don't know. It, I would say it is a must read for all married couples. Paul David Tripp is an incredible author. He holds no punches. He's going to tell you exactly like it is. Yep. He's going to point you right back to the cross and saying, if you're not right with God and Jesus, he goes, then none of, don't expect anything else to work. Yeah. So fix your relationship vertically before you can fix it horizontally. Yeah. And and I will say that in my own personal testimony, marriage testimony, I read that book. I went through it as a Bible study with my church in Texas. I went through that going through a very hard season with Andrew and I, and I was the only one working on our marriage. And that book saved our marriage. And Andrew didn't do it. Only I did. So I would give it even that praise because it changed me so much that Andrew couldn't help but see how God was changing me and he could see redemption in our marriage because of it. So good. So there you go. So we want to leave you with this. Communicate your expectations with everyone, yourself, your spouse, your kids, your friends. It will only help you feel more authentic and it'll help you feel free from all the internal judgment, guilt, shame, all the failure that you feel it will free you from so much holding you back. Absolutely. So on that note, housewives, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Link in the show notes. 
and be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.